Hey everybody, it's Pastor Will. Welcome or welcome back to the Brazos Fellowship Podcast. Thank you for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Well, good morning, everybody. How are we doing? Good morning. I hope everybody gets out and enjoys the next, uh, the extra hours we get this evening because we're all paying for it this morning. I mean, uh, my name is Sean. If you are uh, new with us, I want to welcome you. and Thank you so much for being here. I'm one of the pastors. Uh, Pastor Will is out uh, this morning. He spends some time with his family, and we are glad he is getting to do that. But this morning, I thought I'd start us out with a story. We've got to go way, 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 way back in the time machine for this one, all the way back to when I was in college. That's a ways back. And so when I was in college, I worked for a, um, a camp, and all the campers there uh, were diabetics. And so we would uh, put together programs for them. Each, uh, the camp was devoted into three sessions. Each session was three weeks long. And so each week, the kids would get to sign up for five different classes they could take throughout the day. Soccer, swimming, arts and crafts, and, and horseback. And I was in charge of horseback, so I'd take them on trail rides and stuff. And so I would have a group of kids for a week, and I would take them on different trail rides. Well, after a while, for me and my partner, that gets really boring, okay? Because you see the same trails, you keep doing the same thing over and over and again. So one day, it was during the middle of... July, I think, and uh, I was tired. I'd been doing this for a while, and I was tired of going on the same trail over and over again. So I thought, you know what, today it's the last um, class of the day. I'm going to go on a different trail. And so that day I decided to go on a trail I hadn't been on in about two weeks. And so we've been riding on. Everything's going great. There's um, 10 of and there's 12 of us in the group. There are 10 kids. They're all 10 to 11 years old, and there's me and then the other leader. I'm riding the front, the leader's riding the back. And so I'm leading. And so we've been on the trail for about 10 minutes. And I come across a tree that has fallen across the trail. And at that moment, I realized, you know, this is why we don't take this trail that often. Because there's brush on both sides of the trail. And there's not an easy way to turn around 12 horses and riders who are not of the highest school level um, in this place. And so I'm thinking through my head, okay, what am I going to do? And so I get the brilliant decision. I'm going to go off trail. Yeah, some of you are already seeing where this is going. You're much smarter than I am. And my thought was, you know, it'll be easier if I just go around. There's a little opening. If I just go around this, this fallen tree, I'll get back on the trail, and then we'll keep going. The problem was the trail never opened up back towards the trail. It kept opening up left. And I kept going further and further away from the trail until five minutes into um, this off-trail adventure, we are deeper and in thicker woods than we should have ever been at that moment. Now, let me remind you, every one of these kids is diabetic. And at any moment, their blood sugar could drop too low, which is one of the things, you know, short-term is probably one of the things we have to deal with the most. And so I'm worried about that. I'm thinking about it. I'm frustrated with myself the whole time because, I mean, it is hot and there are mosquitoes and it's thick and I'm just, I, I'm, I'm not a happy camper. And then I hear it, Sean, I'm shaky. 
What that is, is that's code for a diabetic kid who says, I don't feel good, my blood sugar's dropping below normal. Okay. Now, if we were just, I have two brothers and sisters who are diabetics. That's how I kind of got to get into this. If I was at home with my, my brother and sister when they were this age, I would throw them some gum, I would get them something quick, and they would eat it, and we'd move on. But since we were at this camp, and there were doctors, and they were regulating, and they were doing all this stuff, I had to test this child's blood before I gave them anything. So that meant I had to ride back around, okay? We're in thick woods, and guess what I thought the whole time I was riding back around? One thorn bush that just kept following me the whole way around. And I get there finally, and, and so I get out the testing equipment, and so I'm, I'm getting ready to test them. And while I'm testing them, all I'm thinking is, you idiot. You should have seen this coming. <laughs> you knew this was going to happen. You knew this was going to be the spot you would probably be in. So on that day, on that trail, in that moment, I learned a very powerful principle, and that's the principle of the path. Also on that day, the legend of the hidden meadow was formed. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know where you are today, but you may be relating to this story really well because you have taken a wrong turn in your life. You've made some decisions, and at the moment when you made those decisions, they felt like wise decisions. But you're now in a place you never intended to be. And you're having to deal with stuff you never thought you'd have to deal with. And there are no easy solutions in front of you. And if that's you here today, I want you to know I've got bad news for you. I'm sorry, but most personal problems cannot be fixed. Most personal problems cannot be fixed. And if you're hearing that and you're like going, well, if that's the case, why am I even here? Stick around for a second. Keep listening. But this is a true statement. We can fix a car. We can fix a computer. We can fix a toaster. There's lots of things we can fix. And here's the nice thing about it. When we finish fixing them, they're almost brand new. Sometimes no one would even know there was anything wrong with them. But we're more complicated than that. We were made in the image of God. And he didn't make us in a way where we could be unplugged, wait 30 seconds, and plug ourselves back in, and all's good. So that's the bad news. And here's the deal. You can cope with your personal problems. You can get over your personal problems. You can allow your personal problems to become a part of your story. But you just don't fix your personal problems. There is good news. Most personal problems can be avoided. We can avoid most of the personal problems that we have. They don't have to become chapters in our story. Guys, in our story, there are some hard chapters, and we have to move through those chapters. Life happened. People do things. We have to deal with their stuff. We have to deal with life stuff. They're just baked into our story. But some chapters, we add those chapters. We put those into our story. They were never meant to be there. God can deal with them. But they are things that we're having to go through that we didn't have 
to go to. We could have avoided them. And today, I want to show us how, if we'll just do a little bit, if we'll go through the power and the principles that I want to talk about today, we have a better chance of adding unwanted chapters to our story. First thing, a couple of things about um, the, the principles, because if we're going to talk about this, we understand what a principle is. Principles. A principle is not something you choose to apply. A principle applies itself to you. A principle is not a law or a rule that you can break, but if you ignore certain principles, the principle will break you. Let's go back to high school. You all had a good friend named Archimedes, right? Archimedes had a principle. And we all learned it in high school, and you have me scratching your head going like, I don't, I don't remember this. It's okay, I don't remember it either. I had to look this up. But if you've ever gotten in a pool, if you've ever gotten on a float, you've ever gotten on a boat, you've ever gotten in water, you've had to deal with Archimedes' principle of buoyancy. Okay? Now, Archimedes did not invent buoyancy. All he did mathematically was show the world what had been going on since the beginning of the world. He gave the why, but he did not give it. Okay? And that's what a principle is. A principle just shows us, oh, that's why that's happening. We can either choose to abide by the principle, or we can choose to ignore the principle. And if we ignore it, we still got to deal with it. We're either going to fight it or we're going to work with it. And that's all that a principle is. But there's one other thing before we move away from this, before we get into the meat of it. You got to learn about a principle. A principle, the principle of the path is not the principle of the solution. Okay? When you go on a trip and you get lost and you call your friend, you don't call them and say, hey, can you give me a solution? No. You say, can you give me directions? Because there are no easy fixes when we get lost. Wouldn't it be nice if we just go and, and we were where we need to be? But that's not it. We get lost and we're like, hey, can you help me? Where are you? Any? I, I don't know. Have you ever had that phone call? <laughs> like, I'm lost. Okay, where are you? I, I'm, I, there's a street here. I don't, there's no street signs. I don't. It's frustrating. But there are no easy fixes. Why? Because you need to get out the same way you got in. There are no easy solutions when we get lost. When we get, we get to where we should be the same way we get to where we shouldn't be. We get to where we should be the same way we get to where we should be. We get to where we want to be in life, with our finances, with our kids, with our job, with our career, with our friendships. We get there the same way we get to where we don't want to be with our finances, our kids, our relationships, our spouse. We get there through a direction. That direction that we take is so huge. You see, pastors and counselors and psychiatrists, they're going to have people in their offices all this week. And they're having them all the next week after that. And we're all going to have something's going to happen to us. Something's going to happen with us. Something's going to happen with our kids. Something's going to happen with a friend of ours. Something's going to happen in a relationship. And we're going to walk into that counselor's office and that pastor's office, and we're going to say, I need you to help fix. I need you to help fix my family. I need you to help fix my relationship. I need you to help fix me. 
And the wise counselors, the wise pastors, know there is no fix. You have to do the thing you do not want to do. You have to change directions. You know this. You don't have to have a degree in counseling. Friends have come to you, and they're in a mess, and they're looking for a solution, and you have nothing for them. It's not because you're not smart. It's not because you're not wise. There is no fix to their problem. They are people that have been traveling in the wrong direction. And now they have to do something. I love this because Jesus teaches us this. He doesn't teach us through uh, a principle. He teaches us through a parable. And if you want to read along with me, I'm going to be in Matthew uh, 7. There in Matthew 7, verse 24, he says this, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. This word right here, practice, that's a novel word for some of us. Because some of us, our relationship with faith, our relationship with religion, is that we come to church on Sunday morning, and somebody on a platform like this gets up and speaks, and they make us feel bad. They make us feel bad because of our choices. They make us feel bad because of the things that we're doing. They make us feel bad because of the decisions that we're making. And we listen, and we feel shame, and we feel hurt, and we go home, and we don't change a swinging thing. Matter of fact, feeling bad is what we think church is all supposed to be about. And it's just, we come every Sunday, and every Sunday, the worse we feel, the closer we are to Jesus. If that's your experience with Jesus, I'm sorry, but I don't think you've met Jesus. Jesus doesn't want you to feel bad and to live in your shame. But he does want you to see You've got to do the things he's doing if you want to have the life that you really want to have. So coming to church and getting beat up on is not what Jesus ever wanted. That's a really sick relationship if you think about it. And so I hope that's not your vision of it. But we've got to start practicing. Well, Jesus, what are we supposed to practice? He says this, Anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice will have discovered the fix for their problems. Right? Isn't that what we think? Jesus, if I do this stuff right, I'm not going to have any problems in life? Did Jesus say this? No, you're smarter than that. You know he didn't say this. He never says, hey, here's an easy fix, just follow it. And if anyone stands on a platform like this and says, hey, if you'll just say this little prayer like this, or you'll do these one, two, threes, all your problems are going to go away, you just get up and leave. Because they're lying to you. Jesus never once promised us an easy fix. Never. Jesus. Jesus invites people to live in a different direction. He invites us to live in a different direction. And this isn't easy. This is not easy. He leads the way forward. 
and he leads the way out. But we still got to get out of the mess we created. He's going to help us. But if you think it's an easy fix, I think you don't really see what Jesus is inviting us into. Here's what Jesus really says. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man. What's a wise man? What's a wise person? A wise man or a wise person is someone who understands that life is connected. Life is connected. We're not a car. We're not a computer that can be rebooted. No, the things that we do in our life, they're connected, just like on that trail ride. Each one of those riders with me were a symbol of my past. They're things I had to carry around with me. Each of them were connected. I didn't move through that journey. I didn't move through that trail by myself. No, we were all together. That's the same way the things in your life are. They're connected to us. We don't just get to blink our eyes and they go away. The pain that you've put yourself through, the pain that you've put your family through, the pain that you've put your loved ones through, the decisions that you've made, all those become our story. And we get to carry that around with us. There are no fixes for it. The past is connected to the present. And this is what the wise person Understands. He goes on there and says this, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built. How many of you like to build things? I like to think I like to build them until about an hour in, and then I'm tired of building them. And I'm not building them from scratch like this Jesus' audience was. I'm building them from a kit. Oh, honey, it's just a little Ikea thing. It won't take long. Seven hours later... We don't like to build stuff. Why? Because stuff is hard. Building stuff takes time. It takes energy. It takes dedication. It takes commitment. It takes getting up in the morning and saying, yes, I'm going to do this. And Jesus' audience knew this, and we know this. If we're going to build something that's going to last, it's going to take time. And here's the greatest thing it's going to take. Delayed gratification. This is what gets us so often. This is what makes us jump onto a trail we should have never gotten onto. I don't want to wait. I need it now. The wise person says, if you're going to build it, you're going to have to wait. He goes on and says, someone who builds their house. What's a house in this parable? It's your life. It's all the stuff that make up your life. It's your finances, it's your spouse, it's your friends, it's your work, it's your kids, it's your parents. Someone who's going to, a wise person who's going to build a life, a life that they're proud of, a life that they take joy in, a life that gives them life. What do they have to do? What do they need to do? Who builds their house on a rock. What's a rock? <laughs> rock is cost. Rock is money. Rock is time. We've got terrible soil here in the Brazos Valley. And all you got to do is go build a house to find that out. The bill that it cost when we built our house for my foundation 
was doubled when I had to learn that the soil I was going to build it on was going to shift under my house unless I put pillars all the way down to the rock. We don't want to do that. Because if we do that, it's going to take really long, and that's not the fun part. I mean, building a foundation, that's not fun. Let's put up some walls. Let's start seeing what this could actually be. Jesus' teaching is, you want to have a life? You want to have a life that you can be proud of? You've got to build it on something. That's going to take time, a whole lot of time. There are no shortcuts when you build it on the rock. And Jesus' audience knew that. There was also a second character in the story. Jesus introduces it by saying this, But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man. A foolish person is somebody who lives their life. Uh, a foolish person is somebody who lives as if life is disconnected. That now is now and later is later. We all know this because the wise sage, the Eagles band taught us this. Ain't it funny how your new life didn't change a thing? You're still the same old girl you used to be. Am I the only old person in here who knows that song? If the Eagles knew this, then why can't we know this? But you know what our answer is? I wanna, I'm going to move. I'm going to change jobs. I'm going to change my hair color. I'm going to change my wife. I'm going to change my husband. I'm going to get a new family. I'm going to go find myself on the coast. Why are we always lost and go to the coast? I don't know why that is, but we do. But you know what? Then all of a sudden we get the new job. We get the new house. We get the new wife. We get the new husband. And we're stuck. Because we didn't change. All our surroundings changed. But you know what stayed the same in the story? Us. We didn't change. And so therefore we're sitting there struggling and wondering, why? Why? Why am I going through this? Why is this happening to me? Because you didn't fix anything. You kept going in the wrong direction. You can't fix it. You just got to change directions. Jesus says this, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish person who builds their house on the sand. This doesn't even sound wise, and we're not home builders. Jesus' audience knew this wasn't wise. They lived in the sand. They knew what would happen. The rain would come down, and the winds would come up, and the waters would rise, and the house would go splat. You don't know the eagles, and you didn't grow up in Sunday school. Okay, just play with you guys. That's the still. That's the tale. When the storms come, anything that's built on sand, it's not going to stand. And when we build our lives quick, when we build our lives fast, 
when we build our lives in one, two, or three days, people see a structure. People see something like, oh, that's kind of impressive. We all know it's, it's not going to stand. There are no shortcuts to life. There are no shortcuts to life. And here's the funny thing. This is what I love. <laughs> I don't love it, but it, we see people who build their lives on something that will last. And when the rain comes from them, they just handle it. And the whole time we're seeing them handle it, we're in the middle of this wreckage that's our lives, and we're going, they're just so lucky. God must really love them. He doesn't love me. Why do we discount that they spent time to build their life on something that would stand while we were doing the shortcuts, the easy ways? Guys, God didn't make this hard. He didn't make life hard. It was hard enough. He said, guys, here's some things you need to know. And if you'll do these things, you'll be prepared when the storms come. And if you don't, you just got to deal with the situation. God doesn't love you less. You just took some shortcuts. And now you're having to deal with them. But here's the beautiful thing. He didn't leave you. But he's right there with you. And he's just going, there aren't any fixes. It's just going to take time. We got to rebuild, and we got to rebuild right, and that takes time. Because I got in trouble on the trail that day. Why? I was trying to make up time. You've got in trouble in life because you've tried to make up time, and now you're having to deal with it. And you go, "I don't have time." Yeah, you're going to have to find a way, and you can do it. You just got to trust him. The rock is doing what Jesus requires. It ca it's cause and effect. It's sowing and reaping. It's the principle of the path. So I'm out there on this hill. There was an incline as I was going up it. I get finished testing. I get back to the front of the line. We're moving through. The kids are mad. I'm mad. Like I said, it's hot. The horses are mad. Everybody's mad on this journey and I'm thinking I'm never getting back home and then out of nowhere we come into an opening and the opening is just big enough to get 12 horses to turn around and I'm thinking oh thank you Lord and the whole time we're turning around I'm mad the kids are scared they're never getting back home and my riding partner saved the day he comes into the opening and goes oh my goodness Sean we found the hidden meadow. And I had no idea what he was talking about. The kids had no idea what he was talking about. But by the time we got back, following the same course we had gone through, he made us all believe we had been on the greatest Indiana Jones adventure there ever was. <laughs> the kids are coming back high-fiving. They're excited. I send him and the kids back up to their cabins. They're late. We're a good 30 minutes late. We've got dinner to get ready for. I start doing everything I need to do to take care of the horses. And that night, it took me long enough that I missed dinner by the time I was done with it. And that was really a small price to pay for all the pain and agony I'd put my group through that day. 
But I got to tell you this. Some of you are waking up and you realized you missed your 20s. You missed your 30s. You missed your first marriage. You missed your kids. You're missing opportunities with your grandkids right now. You're moving in a direction you never wanted to move into. And life is not what you wanted it to be. Life's not what you wanted it to be. And guys, it's real simple. It's not easy, but it's real simple. All you got to do is turn to Jesus and say, God, I need you to take over the lead. I'm not doing a very good job of leading my life. I need to follow you. Now, here's the thing. Jesus is going to hug you. He's going to embrace you. And he's going to look you in the eyes and go, you got us in a mess. It's going to take a little while to get home. But I got you. I got you. Because that's it. The principle of the path is this. Direction determines destination. We know this. This isn't rocket science. We can know where our future is going to look like if we just look at the direction we're going right now. And if it's not the direction we want to go, if it's not the future we want to have, if it's not the destination we want to have, what do we have to do? We have to change directions. But, but I don't know, Sean. I'm so lost. I don't know what I should do. Yeah. You just got to turn and follow him. But what does following Jesus look like? I mean, I'm trying. What does it look like? That's the crazy thing. I told you there's no one, two, threes. We're all on different journeys. I can't get up here and go, hey, if you'll just read your Bible every morning, you'll be on the path. That's one part of it. You have to sit up every morning and go, I'm going to follow Jesus. Maybe your next step of following Jesus is the same step Abraham had. And that's just to say yes. Yes, God, I'm, I'm going to go with you. You've invited me out on a journey, and I'm going to go with you. I, I don't know where we're going. I don't know what I need. But you said come, and I'm going to come. Maybe that's, you need to be like Abraham. Or maybe you need to be like Moses. And maybe you've been traveling with God for a while, but you've just gotten stuck in an area because you haven't been willing to step up and take a leadership role and help the people that God has placed around you. And he's inviting you to take a deeper walk with him and trust him more. And he says, hey, you can do this. Together, we can do this. Take responsibility for the people around you. You don't have to do it by yourself, but you do have to be used by me. Or maybe you're like David. Maybe you've had dreams of someone else's dreams. So you've been putting on their armor and trying to go out and fight their fights. And it ain't working. It doesn't feel comfortable. It doesn't feel right. And you've got to do the crazy thing. Take that armor off and go down and pick up a few stones and start living the life Jesus has for you and not the life he has for someone else. I don't know what your next step is, but Jesus isn't going to leave you hanging. He's going to show you. You probably already know. It's that voice inside you that says, you're on the wrong path. 
You need to turn around. See, Jesus, Jesus is it. And Jesus has one simple thing. It's the same thing we ask here all the time. It's one simple request. Follow me. Follow me. Yeah, I know you got question. Follow me. Trust me. The common denominator between all those stories and our stories is when we step out and we follow him, we learn to trust him in a deeper and grander way. See, God wants us to get somewhere, and we're going to get there. All of us get somewhere in life. The question is, did you plan to get there? Jesus wants us to have a plan. He wants us to have a purpose. If we'll follow him, we'll get to have a life that won't be easy, but it will be filled with purpose. It will be filled with passion. And there will be a destination that you can be proud of and your family can be proud of. Because destination, direction determines destination. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much that you've baked in a world that, that has structure to it. And when we follow you, you show us how to live in that structure. You show us how to build a life, a life that can withstand the wind and the rain, that can withstand the hurt and the pain that, that goes all around us. Give us build a house that we can help others out of. And Lord, you also love us so much. Do we choose to travel on our own? We choose to get off trail. You don't condemn us. just love us and when we're ready you say okay get on my heels I know the way home so Lord we thank you for that and I pray that each of us no matter where we are on our journey with you Lord we would put our yes on the table and we would step out in faith and see that you can be trusted. And stepping out, our faith in you, our belief in you, our understanding of who you are and what you have for us will grow exponentially. But it only happens when we do, not when we just listen. So may we all commit to doing more. And if you're here today and this story really resonates with you because you're lost and you're tired of trying to do it on your own. And you never asked Jesus to be your leader. You never believed that he really had something good for you and so you've never followed him. 
But today, for some crazy reason, it's making sense. And you want to start. I'm going to give you a little prayer to pray. There's nothing magical in this prayer. It's just a conversation between you and God, but I'm going to help you out and lead you through it. And I want you to know at the end of that prayer, it's just the beginning. Your life will not change overnight. But if you get up each morning and you dedicate yourself to following Him, eventually your life will change. It will change into something that you can be proud of because it's built on something that is substantial. So if that's you, just say just quiet where you are. Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to trust in you. I want to repent of the way that I'm going because that's all repentance is. It's just turning following you I want to make you the leader of my life I want to call God father and I want to call you brother and I want to learn what it is to be in your family that's you I'm just happy for you we all celebrate for you and we love where you are, just raise your hand and say, that's me today. Following Jesus for the first time because I just want to pray for you. God, we just thank you. I think that we can come to you. <laughs> no matter where we are on our journey, no matter how far off we've gotten off trail, and you'll show us the way home. And you can make something out of our journey something incredible that we could have never imagined if we'll just trust you. So may we trust you with our destination. In your son's holy name we pray. Amen. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Brazos Valley, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environments, visit us at brazosfellowship.com. That's brazosfellowship.com.